0: and people experiment today Mm. you know the i think the, the people are not as rigid in their gardening as they used to be you know i think plants have a very strong ability and it's amazing how they do sometimes prove us totally wrong
1: hi i'm melanie walker and this is grounded if gardening is your passion this is the place to be to find out about what's happening in the gardening world And it's time for another Grounded where we get up close and personal with all those wonderful things that are sitting outside your front door. Yes, the plants and all the chuchos and things that live in your garden. And to help us through some of the plants that we should be looking at for this month, of course, we have one of our bedding plant specialists. And that would be Peter Goodwin from the Bedding Plant Association. It's good to see you again. It's good to be here. Yeah. Rather different under different circumstances, yes. but it is good. <laughs> yeah. And, I mean, and how, how are things going for you at the moment? I mean, you know, weathering the summer okay? I mean, I've always get so worried when we've been having these almost heat waves about
0: what it's doing to poor plants. Melina, it's not so much the heat, but, um, the wind has been incredible. I think mm. that's something we don't take into account. And, um, certainly something we've seen evidence of, you know, the gardens are just drying out so quickly. It's not only the heat. Mm. So, of course, now we come to the watering. And of course, I've always been one who says water in the mornings and don't water again.
1: And you're changing it around. So you're thinking what I'm wow. thinking, water in the evenings. No, and
0: I still wouldn't, still not. no, I still wouldn't water in the evenings. Um, simply because, you know, what happens is, especially in this heat, we get a hum, a sort of a humidity buildup. Mm, mm. And that really then becomes a real, Nesting area for all your insects And machis and things that are going to give you problems But
1: people will look at you so, and go, but that doesn't make sense Because you know we water in the morning And it's all going to evaporate during the day and, that's I'm fine. Thinking, and it doesn't
0: cool down the garden We can't enjoy the garden, we haven't got time in the morning No, but in the evenings you can go and enjoy it And I think, you know We are having beautiful evenings at the moment mm. I think this is something we've noticed Certainly in the nursery, because we do start Watering fairly early so that we're done By 11 o'clock latest and um, yeah, you know, I think that this is such unusual weather. Mm. I don't think anybody can could have forecast what we're seeing at the moment. But you mean the, the, the recurrence of El Nino hitting our shores again? Well, now they're talking about that starting. I think it's been here for about the last two months. Yeah. I mean, you know, September was like August. We just had so much wind yeah. and October hasn't been any different. I mean, every day we've had a lot of wind. We've had a lot of heat. We've had the severe heat wave, but the plants still somehow do seem to survive. And through November, I know, because I mean, whenever I'm shooting, my hair starts flying all over the place.
1: I've taken to just tying it up because it's yeah. much easier.
0: Yeah. Now, the wind has, I think the wind has been more devastating than, than the, the heat. heat quite honestly, and I think in the gardens they certainly feel it because you know plants are transpiring all the time and they just can't keep up with this wind and the heat together. So mm. I think coupled, yeah, bedding plants are under threat. Put them <laughs> under a little bit of shade, put them under a shady tree, make sure but, that they get some cool... Well, the ones we're going to talk about today are fairly hardy bedding plants mm. um, looking at this type of... You know, situation that we're in at the moment, but um, we've certainly seen a a, a strong demand for veggies. Mm -hmm. I think we're back to that, you know, people are still planting a lot of herbs, a lot of veggies, because they need the full sun. And perennials, of course, are really doing well at the moment. Um, especially the, the the Gazania type Perennials Where mm. you know They don't need A lot of water Yeah But I think People are People have learned Their lesson And I, I do feel That gardeners Are still enjoying Their gardens We just don't Go into them Until after four Sort of thing oh, no, It's too hot yeah. In the middle of them Five Only to seven And Mad dogs and Englishmen What can we say Those you are the people
1: know. Who go That would include me I suppose um, In some way or another But yeah, I, I was uh, Just thinking about The whole fact about People are Wanting to grow Their own food Yes um, A lot of the time they're not very successful at it. And they may have a few things and you see the pictures coming up on Instagram. Oh, look what I've just managed to harvest in my garden. They've got like six tomatoes, you know, which is still not but bad that's because something. it's a start. Yes. Yeah. Um, so the the range of stuff that's now available
0: is so much wider yeah. than what we could get, say, 10 years ago. Oh, yes. Now, I think, and we well, look, as, as we've said before, you know, veggie gardening is really becoming mm. something quite, it's quite specialized mm. and people are combining their veggies with their flowers And I think this is an exciting move. I mean, the one with plant we're going to talk about today, marigolds. You know, if some people will say, oh, no, not Mm -hmm. marigolds. But really, when you look at what they're all about, firstly, the color range that they Mm. offer, how strong and hardy they are, and what good companion plants they are. You know, they just don't die. And I think this is something we can't say about many bedding plants. Most of the bedding plants don't have the same resistance and the same value and the same fragrance as the marigold. People will say, oh, fragrance, it smells. But it's got a very definite smell. It smells like cocky boss. Yes. And it really does. It's just such a great plant to have in the gardens. And we've noticed, we've just started Colorful Corner again. Um, yeah, we're out of the blue. At any rate, we're back in that area. Mm. And um, a lot of that nursery is actually under roof. It's, a, it was an old tunnel. Yes. And, um, it's been very interesting to watch how plants, you know, because we grow in tunnels, but plants don't like to be in tunnels, funnily enough. They like enough. to be outside. They like That's to what be outside. Do. And the marigolds have really stood up to this. Mm. You know, we've just been watching and we are learning as we go along on how the ventilation, how important ventilation is. We've created a humidity, but mm. we haven't, we've now got to get the ventilation right. That's our next big challenge. But the marigolds just carry on and on. They really are. They're the most amazing plants.
1: I saw some um, on the side of a road once. And, I mean, I drive down that road pretty much every single day. Yes. And, uh, you know, there was a, just a little... Section next to the road and then there was a pavement and then there was a bit of a verge and then the person's house. So in that tiny little section right next to the road on the curbstone and it must have been probably what not even 30 centimeters wide. Yes. There was a whole strip of marigolds right on the side of this main road that just kept on going and going and going and going. And under those circumstances, I mean,
0: imagine when nobody was watering them plus the heat from the road. Yeah.
1: Nobody yeah. watered them. I just looked yeah. at these things, and then there was a, And going off the subject for a second, a little further down, the irises. In doing exactly the same thing.
0: I don't know if people were watching no, those, but on that strange. same little strip, the irises were doing their thing, yeah. blue irises, was fantastic to you see. You know, I think plants have a very strong ability, and it's amazing how they sometimes prove us totally wrong. Yeah. You know, it's just out of the blue that a plant will do something or survive somewhere where, you know, you don't actually expect it to happen. Like saying to a clivia, I'm sorry, you can't grow there because that's in the sun, and the is going, really? Really? <laughs> this is what happens. No, yeah. I think this is so true. And going back to the Mary. You know, there's such a lovely variety well, of Which them one are we now. talking about? The GCs? The one that's still the most popular, funnily enough, is the old lemon drop, Mm -hmm. and that most people will remember, and it's still very popular. It's one of the popular sellers. But then, of course, there's the small dwarf varieties Mm -hmm. now, and then you get the larger ones with the larger heads. We don't do much in the tall marigold range. There's not very many of the tall marigolds left. You you used to get that sort of round, very round, how do you explain it, Um, almost ball-like flower. Those are not popular, but the smaller ones are definitely Mm -hmm. The ones that are doing well at the moment. And by the way, there's no such thing as an indigenous African marigold. No, definitely not. (laughs) It's just called that. (laughs) No, no, they certainly don't fit into that, uh, well, into that part at all. Um, But, you know, going back to their colors, the color range, they used to be, people used to look at them and say, oh, but, you know, they just, they don't add anything to the garden. They just happen to be there. But mm. I think now we're starting to see that they are adding a lot to the gardens, especially under the conditions we're growing in now. And the lemon ones are absolutely delightful. The lemon one The is orange beautiful. ones, are, you know, whenever you talk to me about marigolds, you see my nose But raising. they're nice and bright. You know, that's the other thing with marigolds. The orange is not a dirty orange. It's a fresh, clean orange. But the older and ones are that horrible kind of burnt no, orange. No, but if you go into the nurseries now, and most of them are flowering. So, yeah. I mean, what you're buying now in the trays are flowering. You can see exactly what you're getting yeah. and you'll be amazed at the different colors that you can get i mean we've got one now you know our bee is our logo and there is a marigold bee now and it's sort of a cross between a rustic orange and a yellow and it's yeah. beautiful it really is No, I think they're just fantastic. Marigolds are definitely something you should have in your vegetable garden. Yeah, even if you live in Craig Hall. You know, I mean, this is where we always joke and say different areas. What do you mean, even if you live in Craig Hall? Well, you know, Craig Hall, they don't. They like the pinks and the blues and the whites. And yellows and oranges and reds are not really Really? seen that often. But nowadays, you're seeing a lot of them in those areas. So tell me about Branston. Branston is exactly the same, but then go through to the south. And they are going. And with, there it's all reds, oranges, yellows. And it's lovely to see how these areas change and how the colors have changed now. I think if you remember going and driving in the South, they were the first ones to have these brightly colored yeah, houses. I suppose
1: so. And, and parkers now these days, of course, is just. Green and white, darling. <laughs>
0: well, they're, yeah, how boring, you know. But I think this is something we've really noticed, and it's been a big change in gardening mm. as well. Mm. Is this whole idea of also for mixes going for mixes um, in the old? Well, I'm gonna say in the olden days, many years ago, mixes were not as popular as they are today because mm. they were too busy. People see them as very busy. They very, they sort of, they cluster your garden. And whereas if you take simple straight colors, you can, you can get effects of space with different colors.
1: But I mean, if you take those mixes, all you need to do is embroider a thread of white through
0: the garden, which will immediately bring everything together. 100%. This is what they say. Yeah. And I mean, with the impatience, they always used to say that you needed to plant one or two violet impatience in amongst your white. Mm. just to really get the the wine to break it and make it really outstanding so yeah, I think, but colors are in, I think, the weather's, I mean, we haven't seen a cloud for I don't know how long. Yeah. And, um, you know, yeah, colors do. colours are vibrant, and I think we need some vibrance, something vibrant in our country we at the do. moment. We do, yes. We need something to it's cheer it's a little bit of doom and gloom. <laughs> and,
1: um, <laughs> well, let's not go there. We, we talk about green things. No, We absolutely. don't need to talk about the dark stuff.
0: And I think, yeah, as I say, oh, marigold's definitely one for the sun.
1: Yeah, no, look, I'm definitely always going to have them in my veggie patch, and uh, we are going to be talking... Talking about um, what kind of veggies that you've got
0: that are special for this time of the month, okay? This time of the year. Well, you know, at the moment, most of your veggies are on. What's really nice now is, of course, all your um, your your green peppers, your mm. capsicums. They're all available now, and um, those have become very popular. And of course, you've got your tomatoes. You've got all your leafy vegetables as well. The leafy vegetables. There's an entire banquet out there of food that we can plant in our gardens. Lots and lots and lots. And what's nice is a lot of them are mixed, come in mixed trays. So you you can buy lettuce, for instance, and you can get different types of lettuce all in the one tray. Mm. So you're not having to buy, let's say, six or 12 butter lettuce. You can buy a tray of lettuce and you'll have three or four different lettuces in it. Your cabbages, even the cabbages are doing well now. Mm. The problem one has to be careful of with the veggies, the leafy veggies, is, is that, that they're they going to bolt. bolt. Yeah. Now, this is a major, major <laughs> I problem. had somebody
1: sending me pictures and saying, look what my lettuce has done. Look what my this has done. I'm like, yeah, yeah they're bolting. Well, how do I stop them from doing that? Well, keep them cooler. <laughs> then yeah. Pick, and pick. Keep on it is
0: basically picking. Picking, you yeah. gotta keep If you cut can harvest them all the time, that yeah. I think that's one of the secrets. And also to watch that your veggies don't go into seed. Yeah. Um, this happens very quickly the moment you see that stalk coming out cut it off yeah get rid of it quickly and the next prompt that we're going to talk about when we go on to the shade which is the coleus and the coleus are famous for this you know in the old days the people used to actually watch and wait for that flower to come and then get all disappointed because the coleus after that looked terrible yeah and the idea with keeping coleus is not to let them flower I know that people don't say that they're only for that. I believe that they are
1: the best companion plant in a veggie patch because um, they do somehow, marigolds protect
0: other plants. Is it because they draw other bugs to them? They draw the bugs into them. You know that people are very successfully using them in rose gardens as well. Mm. You're seeing a lot of marigolds being planted in rose gardens these days. And again, the coloring is a little bit... Mm. Possibly not as the way it should be because, I mean, you know, you've got a lovely pink or yellow rose and then you've got a yellow marigold underneath it. Mm. But they're there for a purpose, and I think this is something that we've just got to understand, that marigolds make your garden healthy and they help you with spraying. I think this is also Mm. a huge thing. You know, aphids are a major problem at the moment. Well, they're a major problem most times of the year. Yes. But at this stage they really are bad. And, of course, your marigold really helps to keep the aphids away from the host plants, they will actually tend to go to the marigolds, and the marigolds don't feel it. The same not thing nasturtiums as well. Oh so yeah, and that's so. All you one. do
1: with that is just break off the piece which is heavily infested with aphids and go and put it in the bin.
0: That's it. Yeah, yeah, that and the, the, what you said there is very important to put it in the bin for heaven's sake. Don't go and put it in the compost heap. No, because then the aphids because are just going to keep they, on. They just producing. then infest the yeah. garden, correct?
1: So now you you said to me um, that
0: squashes are on the menu yes um it's an unusual one because we don't certainly don't do it as a seedling, mm-hmm. but um there are a lot of different squashes that are available in seed packets, and they 're very easy and it's a lovely one for the kids to do. Mm-hmm. do you remember when we used to do the old beans and put them in cotton wool yes, a lot of people are putting you can do squash do that with squash very successfully, but it's a very easy seed to plant it's very hardy it likes to be in a nice dry area mm-hmm. it's um It likes a very well-drained soil and you often see them in heaps. You'll find that people make up a berm and then plant their squashes on the berm, and then they sort of run down the berm. Mm. And once the, once they start to fruit, of course, um, one just has to be a little bit careful. Again, here your marigolds come in, um, that they don't get the the, the 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 fruit doesn't get eaten or bitten because that does happen with the squash. I think the biggest problem the squashes. I mean, what kind of squashes are we talking about here? The one well, they just said squash on the list, but no. I would imagine. Let's look at the Hubbard, the green. What we call the green. The green skin squash, like a gem squash, yeah, you get that, and then the bigger one, the Hubbard squash. You know, that's sort of got a very ripply um, outside skin, Mm. but very, very orange inside, and very tasty. Um, Similar to pumpkin, yes. Only it's just, yeah, it's a squash rather than a good. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> this is the thing. People don't know the difference between, okay, so, so what is a, um, a, what do you call those things? The green thing, courgette. What is a courgette? No, the courgette now, that's, you're looking at something totally different there. That's more in the cucumber family. Mm-hmm. And it's a very watery plant. And a butternut and is a squash as well. A butternut is a type of squash. But I a I a pumpkin is not it. a squash. It's a, Pumpkin. No, pumpkin is – you, you so actually they, they make a very interesting
1: point. <laughs> <laughs> it's a thing. I mean, like, there's so many I've different never, kinds of squashes as well. I mean, just the variety of things that are being put out these days. You, you know, know you my advice
0: to, would be to, for them to go and read the seed packets because really there's so much information on the seed packets. There's good pictures mm-hmm. on the seed packets. And that really explains not only how to plant them but what to expect from them. But you can get them in seedling. I'm sure I've seen six uh, packs of seedlings for squashes before. Not that I'm aware of, no. You know what? The problem is they, they're what we call a runner plant. And they run very they, quickly. And they, run very, yeah, quickly, yeah. And they <laughs> run very quickly. So you're either going to sell them really, really small and then mm. people will not know what they are. And they're not necessarily going to transplant that well. Mm. And being a big seed, it's a very easy seed to yeah, work with. I just with. throw
1: them into the garden. I've got the trombone. Well, de la benga which is one of the it looks like a trombone that big squash that comes out yes and uh, but the thing is is if you don't have a lot of space you have to be really careful about how you grow these things yes i they mean so it's a nice over. thing to have a uh, a wigwam a teepee kind you of thing you can do that you you can you do that, that. And
0: you can buy those at the nurseries ready made yeah or um, we'll yeah, use bamboo, you
1: can grow, you know, make a teepee out bamboo of bamboo. works
0: very well. And then you've got your normal wooden stake, which yeah. also works very well. I
1: saw a lovely thing with people are saying, okay, but what about my fruit and how is it going to hang if you've got it growing up a wall and you can okay. make little hammocks for them? And somebody <laughs> said, why don't you just use old ladies' bras as the hammock and you take it from one place to another and the fruit <laughs> just nestles nicely <laughs> in the cups. I thought that was so fantastic. Reusing used materials.
0: Well, I suppose if we can grow plants in felt feldscoons, we can grow them. I mean, this is also well. true. <laughs> but I mean, do, do they need any special? I mean, mm. are they gross feeders? No. Like all your veggies, once you've planted them, plant them in compost, mm-hmm. plant them in a two, three, two type um, of fertilizer with your compost mm-hmm. just to get them going. And then after that, you've only go, they only will need food again when they start to fruit. And then you're going to change just from, remember, going back to the high nitrogen yeah. when you plant them. And when they're fruiting, you've got to get that high number at the end. At the end. So you would go to something like a 315, which is ideal for fruiting vegetables, yeah. Because you can but just look
1: at the pictures of the things again, in the
0: front of the bag. the bags, yeah. It says
1: fruit and flower.
0: <laughs> you know, the nurseries have made it very easy, and I think the suppliers, this is one job they've done really well, is they have made, your the packaging just f- jumps out at you. It does. And but tells look, you You need so something much. for
1: flowers? There you go. There's a flower. Oh, you need something for vegetables? Oh, look, there's carrots on yeah. there. We can use that. I mean, would you use a different fertilizer, obviously, for carrots and parsnips than you would for your leafy vegetables? Because one is, you need a something root. more high in,
0: one's a root yeah, and one's a leaf. leaf. Well, you know, this is interesting. We don't actually make a, a distinction there. Um, the only time you would look at your root growth is really when you use 232, two, and that's in the beginning because the middle number is for root growth. Yes but they don't actually you know once you once they're growing um yeah we uh, you make a good point yeah um, i mean we should carrots and, and all the uh, and root call ve- root, root vegetables potatoes and all those sweet but potatoes they should be high do, in yeah, the middle no, they, no, they seem to do very well with the normal fertiliser. Three 374 we should come up with one of those <laughs> no, don't confuse it We've got so many Especially I mean you look at that 815 I mean we always joke about The 815 yeah. for roses yeah. And the 815 for lawn Yeah and people say, but hang on. It's the same, isn't <laughs> it's it? It's the same. How can you put an 815 on a lawn and also on a rose? But, yeah. yeah, they do work. Yeah.
1: So most people go for a particular rose food. And if you're like me, you just keep on keeping compost down all
0: the time, which is always the best way for me. And I think compost is becoming big. Mm. You know, people are making their own compost. I think we're very conscious now of – the disposing and where we dispose of what. Mm. And people are, I mean, even my age group, I'm noticing, are becoming actually far more conscious of this. I think it's my grandkids that forced me to it. But, you know, splitting your waste is terribly important today.
1: I think the millennials, and specifically I'd say even more so Gen Z, which are your teenagers at the moment, are really getting on board with actually you know, making sure that they recycle properly. And Mm. I think that's fantastic to see. But talking about compost, I mean, under trees, obviously trees make their own compost by leaf droppings and things like that. So people, when they're thinking about bedding plants, they immediately think, oh, no, just everything that must go into the sunshine and pretty flowers and all of that. And the shade has always been impatience and begonias. But those are
0: all just flowering plants. Well, this is where the coleus comes in. It's yeah. one of your, it's one of your leafy plants. And I'm
1: loving the new coleus that are coming out. That bright lime
0: green, and the ones and with the pink. pinks and oh, the Oh my reds. goodness me! It's a smorgasbord of absolute no. beautiful colour. Look, they are wonderful, and I think you know we. I think we've also changed. Because color has become, not just a flower, color has become recognized in foliage. Mm. And we're seeing it not only, we see it in a lot of perennials, variegations of you know greens and and the limes and all these different colors that you're talking about. But definitely coleus is one of the the, the hot favorites at the moment. Mm. Because they do well in containers, they do well in the shade. I think one must just be careful in the shade. Your point you make is very good that the leaves, yes, there's a lot of compost and mulch under a tree. But remember a tree also takes out a lot of nourishment yes so i always say to people it's not only the shade of the tree which we sometimes think is causing the problem but it's often a lack of food because there's just not enough so if you are planting everything the
1: water and the food
0: yeah and if you can at least try and feed a little more regularly under the trees you'll see your plants will do a lot better under the trees with a little, with a little bit of extra feed,
1: and it's not just that. I mean it could be a case that you've got dry shade rather than you know moist shade. People very always think, "Oh, off. if we're in the shade, well, then this is going to be a very moister area than if it's in the sun
0: and yet it is not actually the no. case. it depends on the type of tree as well no, you're quite right, and I think also when we look at the south side of a garden, you know we we tend to think that that's the cold, dismal side, but mm-hmm. it can in the summer actually be very be very warm there and as you say very dry Yeah, and this is something we have to be careful of but again you know we're going back to then container gardening and how people are using containers I've never seen so many different containers I mean on the side of the road you can even yeah. pick them up these days so guys must be buying these there must be a huge demand for containers and I think a lot of these containers are being used for veggie gardens and I think it's also because you know people are
1: moving into smaller spaces obviously mm-hmm. I mean millennials Millennials are not able to buy the big houses that maybe their parents or the people before them bought. Yes. So they're buying little places. They've only got a balcony. Then you've got people who, older people who are moving into retirement homes or into awesome. townhouses and they've got no kids living at home. So you don't have that much space to have a garden and you have to pack everything in. You have to have mm. your food veggies happening over there and then you've got to have somewhere where you can go and sit in the garden and you want to have some pretties and you need a cycad. So you mm. really have to think about and, – and growing things in containers, you can also just
0: move them around – Well, this is what I've always felt, you know, I think the versatility of growing, doing container gardening. Mm. And what we're seeing at the moment is people want ready-grown containers. They'll pay a lot of money for a tomato that's actually in fruit in a container. And it blows me away. I think, but surely you want to have the enjoyment of growing the tomato. No. No, They want everything. They they want it instant. And I think this goes back to your herbs because people, herbs, as we've always said on the program, herbs are amazing. People just buy and use so many fresh mm. herbs today. It's really become a huge part of our industry in terms of gardening. Is it Vegetables. part of the bedding plant? Not really, no, but a lot of us are growing herbs mm. as well. So, I mean, in our veggie sections, we would have we have our selective herb growers. There are guys who specialize only in herbs, but a lot of the veggie growers are also doing herbs as well, mm. especially the, the the ready-to-use ones. Basil is a popular one. Yes. And people don't want to buy basil in a pot. Or they your want annuals. To buy it in a tray. Yeah. Because, and, and it is basically an annual when you think yeah, about it. Because,
1: I mean, with your, your perennials, which would be your rosemaries and lavenders and those kind of things and
0: any of the, like, lemon verbena, which should start. Now, those or yeah. Well, of course, those you get in bags. Those yeah. are all in your four-liter bag. And um, again, uh, you've mentioned lavender is a good one to mention at the moment because that's one that's really doing well at the moment. Mm. You know, your rosemaries, they're very hardy. Mm. One mustn't underestimate how hardy your herbs are, and especially those. And yet, they have the foliage, they have different mm. colors. So, like the coleus, we're going back to the color of the foliage, and they have different uses. And yeah, no, they just, they winner plants at the moment. And they, there's also those wonderful little
1: six packs where you get six different herbs in a six pack.
0: Yes, yeah, no. So you
1: could one like, you know, it's, you, it's quite exciting for people to say, oh, I don't have to plant
0: out six basil. Although when it comes to basil, I would suggest that you plant six because, you know. It's amazing <laughs> how much basil people yeah, use. Yeah, yeah. No, and what's also becoming quite good is the medicinal herbs we're starting to see. Like which Um, ones? You're getting your um, geranium for your, for the mosquitoes. Yeah, for instance, something like that, the citronella type of Mm. geranium, and they're becoming very popular. So there's actually a section in the nursery that is marked medicinal herbs. It's quite interesting to go and see that. I saw bergamot. With a big purple flower. Yes, with a purple flower. I've never seen one in a nursery before.
1: And I was like, oh my goodness me, what on earth is that? And it's actually a bergamot, Uh, which is, you know, you can
0: use in uh, making your own medicines and potions and whatever as well. Yeah, no, herbs are, are becoming again also very big. And I think this again on the internet, you know, people Google. Yes. I cannot believe, even in the nursery, you know, they'll come in and I'll watch the people chatting to the salesman. Next thing out comes the phone, doop, 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 and they've Googled and they find out so much information. Yeah. And I think again, this is where your know, technology is amazing. And it's really helped our industry because people can actually now go in and find out for themselves exactly what all the plants are mm. all about. Mm. Um, back to the veggies again, and veggie planting has become, you know, you say one month, doesn't one say, let's, for instance, say six letters, but, you know, people are also sharing a lot. Yes. We're finding that's becoming quite common. You know, people will plant, and also, of course, there's those people who plant and then give away so, yeah, it's just… It's like it's the year fate. that I planted way
1: too much rocket and ended up going and giving it to all the restaurants down in Parkhurst. <laughs> a
0: rocket's a difficult one to get at the moment. Oh, really? You can get it in seed, but not easy to get it in plants. Yeah. Actually, you're right. I haven't seen it. And no. I saw a
1: lot of them already going to, to flower in the six-packs, which is yeah, quite crazy. So really I walk around kind of, you know, breaking off breaking the flowers off the and flowers. eating them. People look at You're me funny when I walk around nurseries and things, you know. <laughs> <laughs> what can I say? Okay, so those are the things that we should be looking at uh, for this time of the year for the shade, for your food garden, and for your color. Yes. Okay, so, I mean, especially, I mean, Coleus for me, as I said, I mean, there's some amazing ones coming onto the market at the moment and
0: big, not these little Coleus. That no, really no, used no, to. they are big. They will grow up to a half a meter, some of them. How are They're they in really the cold, are- though? Well, why would they want to be any – there's no cold at the moment. But I mean, if it comes to winter, I mean, are they? do they last for winter? No, they, well, winter? they will. They, they need to be protected yeah. and they will die off in the winter. Okay. The coleus is one that doesn't go through. You know, we say a lot like about bedding plants. Yes, and like the hyperestes, hyperestes mm. is another one that's very – and coming again also very popular. Mm. You know, that pink and that white – and that little dot in the leaf. It's, the polka dot it, leaf, yes. I'm quite amazed at how popular they've become. And people experiment today. Mm. You know, the, I think the, the people are not as rigid in their gardening as they used to be. So they'll come into the nursery, and they're a little more open-minded. Yeah. They don't come in fixated that that's what I'm going to buy. Yes, They'll come in and say, and they'll be swept away, especially, you know, we were talking about show gardens earlier on. They, they play a huge part in our industry, and it's amazing how much good they really yeah. do. Because people like to see displays. People like to see what their plants look like.
1: Absolutely. But were what, what you saying Google is your friend? Yeah, but please just remember that try and get plants that are available in South Africa. True. A lot of people that come in and say, oh, I want one of these. And we are like, no, you can't have it. Yes. Why? Because they don't grow here. <laughs> and the
0: magazines are the, 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 were the biggest culprits yeah. for that. Often yeah. you, we always used to say, you know, the most dangerous thing in inertia is a woman with a magazine under her arm. No, it's anybody with a cell phone. But now it's, <laughs> you know you're quite right.
1: Opulence thank you so very much and uh, we'll catch up again with
0: you next month and see what we got going for the new year. Yeah, no, this year must now come to an end and we must move on into the new year. Indeedly, you're quite right. (laughs) Well, I must say, then people must have a really, really good Christmas, get into your gardens and really enjoy your gardens. This is a time I think a lot of us are not going to be going away this year for various reasons but I think now is the right time to really get into the garden and enjoy it. Absolutely,
1: I couldn't agree with you more. Okay, we'll catch you again next month and uh, of course i'll catch you again next time right here on grounded get out enjoy your gardens enjoy that wonderful sunshine that we're having and we'll catch you again soon bye bye for show notes and more information about this episode go to solidgoldstudios.co.za forward slash grounded